It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. The Parks Picks Pod. Lot to get into. What up, B? Well, I'm a bit torn emotionally right now. Oh no! Because oh no! I know, I know. On one hand, it's June 9th, so a month till the wedding. The countdown is finally Ooh, here, oh, buddy. Right? But the other hand. No practices until now, July 27th. Like, they're done. No more charting practices. No more Fresh Eagles content. Like, so it's a bit of a uh, a catch-22 right now, if you, that's the correct phrase. For that, I don't actually. think it is, but, no, I, but I appreciate all. it. I appreciate yeah. it. It's a, it's, a double-edged sword, that also wouldn't be right. No, no. I think it's just a bummer. I think it's really the only way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get into all of it. We'll dive into whether... You know, it's not enough practice time, and obviously it's your happy place, so you want all the practice time you can get, but we'll get into all that. Let's let's start, though. You were down there, and, you know, you yeah. did get an opportunity to see practice again. We talked about it last week. You know, the, the big takeaway for you was Jalen looked good in that first practice. You saw you've been down there for another practice around the team, the vibe. We'll get into it all, but let's start with just, you know, last week we asked you what was your biggest takeaway, and you were like, Jalen Hurts looked awesome. What was your biggest takeaway this time, practice number two? Hmm. So... I mean, that's tough. I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway would be that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith weren't there, which was definitely a buzzkill. Jalen Rager wasn't there either. And again, these are voluntary, blah, 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 whatever. But it just is a bit of a buzzkill when it's the last practice of the offseason and the starting two receivers are there. 
are not there. Um, Jalen Rager obviously dealing with a personal situation, so excused absence in, in every sense of the word. But you know, a player you would like to see work out this offseason, see how he's improving, or just get a, get a chance to watch work out. So I will say, like getting to practice, feeling excited for it being the final day, and then seeing that some of the key pieces of the seven-on-seven drills, which are the most important part of the practices, weren't there, was definitely a bit of a buzzkill. Now, in terms of Hurts' actual performance, um, I had him down as 10 of 14, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he really kind of saved his day at his last uh, his last go-around in seven-on-sevens. Normally, they do three rotations of about four or five plays each, so... He was five of six on his first one, but they were all checkdowns. Uh, the one in completion was a drop. Second one, he was two of four, just wasn't that good in that session. Uh, and then the final one, he had two touchdowns of forty plus yards. So it like real kind of roller coaster of a day ended on a high note. Um, but yeah, so that would kind of be my initial takeaways from from the day. Yeah, and it's hard to get really juiced up about or or anything with Jalen when he doesn't have those two guys. I mean, when he's not throwing the ball yeah. to the two dudes who he's going to be throwing it to the most that does take away some of the the zhuzh of it so to speak um now, now i will say though if he's still putting up you know the the fact that he has he's throwing deep touchdowns so i have him with four touchdowns in these two practices only one of them was to Devonte. like one was to uh quez one was to john hightower one was to Deion kane so i i guess if you want to look for a positive out of that it's that he's having good days, not utilizing the talent around him. You know, like I think coming in with jail and a lot of the talking points where, you know, a lot of like the things people were saying was like, he has a lot of talent around him. It'll make him better. All those things. Well, in these seven on sevens, he hasn't really had that talent around him. Like AJ Brown was there the first day, only had two targets and a short catch. Um, Devante obviously had two big catches, which helped, but to, to see him, you know, find John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Deion Kane deep. Like, I do think that's encouraging. Yeah, look, it's not not encouraging. I'd rather he look good than bad, right? Whoever he's thrown to. So I do agree. I think there's there's something there. I want to get into some specific players of of the ones who were there, but um, and I know you only see you know fifty minutes or whatever it is, and it's not like a really full representation. But but macro, <clears throat> boom. Um, what do you think about the? And we've talked a little about this, but but being out there and actually getting to see the work that they are putting in and being able to figure out kind of what they'll be able to get done in this period. A lot of talk about the idea, and I know certainly you know we've heard John Ritchie lose his mind about it. Uh, different yeah, generation, but but what do you make of the 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 lack of practices? I mean, outside of you know your happy place and you want to be down there as much mm-hmm. as possible for the team itself, because you know we talked a lot about how good things work last year with the lack of injuries and all that. But, you know, you could also say that for the first seven weeks of the season, they didn't know what their team was. They didn't know they should be running the ball more. They, you know, there, there are a lot, there are both ways you can kind of parse whether how well it worked last year. Injuries. Great. Ready to play a start of the season. Not as great. You know, so you can kind of go both ways with it being down there, seeing what they're actually doing. And Nick talked a lot about it yesterday about, you know, we're working on fundamentals and, and we don't need the extra time and all that. What do you make of the whole situation? So Nick, Nick, Talked about it uh, yesterday, as you said, and I thought it was kind of a funny, like, good representation of both sides because he gives a long answer talking about how, you know, they, they they use these for fundamentals and, you know, talking about the health aspect and all that stuff and, like, really kind of explaining why they do six and, like, but also, like, how important these are and how important it is that they're getting work on fundamentals and how important these offseason workouts are to have. And then Zach Berman of The Athletic follows up and goes, 
Well, they're yeah. so important and critical. Like, why are you only doing six of them? And, and Nick's kind of like laugh because like, it, it was, like, was right. oh, it was yeah, such a good question. Then, like, you know, yeah. Right? So, like, I, so I I kind of fall on both sides as much as I hate to do that. Like, I remember for two full seasons talking about this Eagles team and every week talking about why are they always so hurt? This medical staff sucks. They're injured every week. Blah blah blah. Right? Like playing fifth string offensive linemen, no skill position players. Like all those things. And so I remember when we would talk about it, we were never really like blame the medical staff people at, at all. And I think injuries are, are a bit just just luck at the end of the day. But after sitting through all that, I then find it hypocritical for me to sit here and go, push these guys as hard as you can. Don't take any into account their health, like all those things, right? Like, so I, I, I think that while, look, like I wish I was covering a mandatory minicamp, I think it's important to have everybody there. I think it's important to get those three days of just everybody in the building working together. And maybe it is worth risking the injury, right? Like it, it might be, but I also know that it did work last year and they were healthy last year. And the result of that health was they made the playoffs. Like they had their guys every week. Like we can parse in all the different reasons they made the postseason. One of the reasons is they were just healthy. Like they had the line that, you know, Jalen only missed one game. The receivers were healthy. Like, the, the, all those things. So I, I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't kill them if they had a mandatory mini camp and be like, this is reckless. But if I was running the team, I think I'd probably do what Nick did and err on the side of, look, it's the off season and I want to try to prioritize health. Here's what I don't understand. And I, I generally agree with the idea of prioritizing health and what they did last year worked. And I think that matters a lot more come training camp in terms of how hard you work the guys and all that. Like, I mean, how many guys are are getting injuries that ruin their season in mandatory minicamps? It happens, but it is not, you know, if you get injured in June, there's still a long time before the season comes. Now, to your point that you made many years in the past with Fletcher Cox and other guys, if you come into training camp and you're hurt, it can set you back and you can never really recover and stuff. So I, I get it, but it, it does feel like we're far out for the injury concerns as opposed to once training camp starts. The other thing that I'll say is why not, have the days and keep doing the fundamental work, right? Like, can't you can't you have the days and not put them through strenuous stuff, but still learn, still work on fundamentals, still do individual work? Like, you don't have to go out and hit. Like, why not have them here and work on all the other stuff that you say is so important and to the point Zach Berman made, so effective, why not do it more? Like, I, I get it. I, I understand, you know, he's working with the players and it was part of that, you know, getting here and making the deal with the players and... And I get these players coach and all that, but I, I, and I don't have a huge problem with it. I'm not like some of these people who are freaking out and saying they need this. This is going to submarine their season. But like, if this fundamental stuff is so important, if this individual work is so important, why not do more of that? Cause guys don't get hurt doing that. So two, two things. One, <clears throat> I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer to this, but you, you mentioned the working with players things like for all we know, the players could have been like, you know, like the main players can be like, all right, you can have the mandatory minicamp, but like, that's all you're getting from us then, you know, like, like we're not coming for the other stuff. Like, so that could be a possibility where they've been told like, look, do what you want. But like the, the benefit of you not doing this mandatory minicamp is I'll be in the building the other four weeks or whatever. Right. So, so there's that possibility. The other thing I would say is, you know, it, they just did it this way and it worked right. Like I, and I, so this is where we might disagree actually. I don't think that them throwing the ball at the beginning of the season was not knowing the team. I just personally don't. Like, I think when you when I look at last year, like, checkpoints where I could say, okay, this isn't work. Their strategy didn't work. 
it would be a injuries. And for me, it would be week one. Like, I don't think you can blame losses in week three and four on like not having more time with your team. I uh, think they just outplay. I don't know about that. I mean, cause, cause they, I mean, it's opponents. The Falcons stunk. The Falcons had the fourth pick in the draft. You know what I mean? The yeah, Falcons they were, them. They, exactly. But the point right. is that you can't say that in week two, they couldn't have beat the Niners if maybe they put a little more work in, or they couldn't have won week three if they put a little more work in or whatever. Like, I don't think the win against Atlanta means anything in terms of like, oh, they were ready to play the season. I think they were ready for week one against a bad, bad, bad football team. Well, so look, we won't know like if three more OTA practices mean the Jalen Rager doesn't step out of bounds against San Francisco, right? Like we, we just don't know. Now I tend to say the Dallas game, like they just got absolutely smacked around in that. I find it hard to believe, but I just like, again, I like I sat through those years of them being hurt all the time, you know, and and your point about it being in June and, you know, training camp six weeks away. So really, like, what type of injury are you getting where blah, blah, blah. like I, I do. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. You do have that time. But if you're Nick Sirianni and or Howie Roseman, whoever you're sitting in that room and your medical staff is saying, like, hey, you know what? Like we we find it beneficial to ease off on this time of OTAs like. And Nick touched on this in terms of now it's his responsibility to say, I hear that information, but we need 15 more minutes on this or, you know, another day on that. So it is a balance. But, you know, it little ties in a little bit. And I hate to go this route because I just hate to go this route. But it ties a little bit into the analytics where it's like if you have information telling you something like you have to have a pretty good reason to go against it. And I don't know if the reason to go against it when it comes to being told by doctors like this is probably the best way to do it is strong enough. Like, I don't know if it's a good enough why. Right. I get that. But then why are there only two teams, one of which went to the Super Bowl, and thus that makes sense. You know, they had a really long season, so you give them a little extra off time. Why is it that that 28 other NFL teams or whatever, 30 NFL teams or whatever, are doing it one way, and the Eagles are, and they might be the one that's right. I mean, who knows? They could be the trendsetters. They could, theoretically. They have been in a lot of ways. But... But, you know, it is also, you know, to the point you're just making, like, why do they need more practice time? Because every other team in the NFL feels like the more practice time helps. You know, so there is that other side of it where you say, well, every and again, former players and again, a different generation. But like Ike and John and all these guys are all like, yeah, this this stuff helps. Like the more you do this, the more you practice with your teammates, the more you do this stuff. It's just it's better. Like it so, does so matter. My counter to that in terms of Ike and John, like I am sure Nick is talking to Jason Kelsey about this. Right. Like, so if Jason Kelsey's saying it's fine, like unless you think Jason, not you, but like unless the the royal you or whatever uh, thinks that Jason Kelsey is like cutting corners, you know, like if if he says like Jason Kelsey goes like, hold on, he comes up on the podium and goes the way Nick handled me last year. Like, I feel better than ever. Right. I I get it. I get no. Let me just real quick push back and you can finish. But my but Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is not the football team. Jason Kelsey might not need that extra work. Jason Kelsey is someone who goes home and works his ass off and works on technique and doesn't have fundamental issues with issues of fundamentals and all that. So like Jason Kelsey is a unique case where he's also a long term veteran, like young guys who are, you know, not don't have to protect their body in the same way Jason Kelsey does, don't have to, you know, worry about their body in the same way. Like, maybe it would be beneficial for those guys. So just because Jason Kelsey likes it one way and it's good for him doesn't mean it's necessarily good for the rest of the players or other No, but what I mean is Jason Kelsey has a good idea of, like, what the team needs. Now, you're right. He's not a coach. Jason Kelsey's a football player, man. No, 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 but but I'm saying, but, 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 but you're talking about, like, Ike Reese and John Ritchie who have this opinion of how things should be done. Like, 
so like Jason Kelsey's still playing and like right, on but the he's team. looking at it from a, from his view, like for what you're is good for. He's looking at well, I mean, I, I most people do, but yeah, you're right. I mean, theoretically, it's possible that Jason Kelsey thinks this is great for the team or whatever. But the way you just talked about it, he said how Nick handled me was was about him. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the quote in front of me. He said me specifically, but you're right. Like the way you're you're right. Like, look, it's like how I started my answer with this. If they had the mandatory minicamp, I would probably say I see the benefits of that. Like, I just I don't know if there's a clear right answer here, right? Like, I don't when either. They were resting, I'm, when I'm they mostly were playing people, devil's advocate. Like, I I oh, yeah, don't I, have a huge problem with it, but I you know I do think that it is. I do think there's validity to that side of the argument. Like, like I, I feel much stronger that resting people for training can't get camp game uh preseason games is the right call like i feel strongly about that right i don't really feel like you know having six more practices is a big deal like i was thinking about this today during my run like they just gave aj brown like how much 50 million guaranteed or whatever it is 35 million guaranteed i I don't know man like do i really want aj brown like busting it really hard in these like semi-meaningless summer practices you don't have to bust it really hard and fresh for week one but you you don't have to bust it really hard why can't they and again why uh, devil's advocate but why can't they do stuff where you're where you're working on the important stuff that you talk work on fundamentals work on you know where are you supposed to be in this situation what does this route call for without going out and, and beating these guys up like that is doable that's what he's saying he's essentially doing now but I, I think the whole reason, in my opinion, the whole reason they are not holding more practices is because the medical staff has said it's the right path to go. Like, I don't think this is a football decision. Okay. You know? Well, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if that's the, I mean, well, then that's a question. Is it right for the medical staff to make this call? I don't know. I well, don't that's, well, let me ask you, like, if you were in the position, what would you do? I think I would have more practices than what they're having. I, but I think I would have lighter practices and not necessarily beat the guys up. But I think I would I think I would probably have more practices than they're having. So I, I think I would have a mandatory mini camp, but maybe like I would have a mandatory mini camp. Yeah, if I, were doing I would it, too. I, I would too. I think it's worth it to even even if you don't just to get everyone on, together. You know, even if you're just hanging out. Themselves. Exactly, Elliot, yeah. exactly. All right. Um I want to get to the other big story that came out this week or recently with the OTAs and them being there, and then we'll get to a couple players quickly. You know, download the parks. The Bet Parks mm. Casino and Sportsbook app. It's the best. We've been having so much fun. A lot of basketball action going on right now. Big, important basketball action. Football futures, baseball bets. You can bet on it all. There's golf to bet on. Soccer just around the corner. We're coming back, right, Elliot? Uh, you're yeah, you're I mean, already think, looking ahead here. It's like two months oh. in the World Cup oh. coming up. This is a little far in advance. I'm but. excited about the World Cup, buddy. We're going to be talking yeah. World Cup gambling on this show Quite a bit. It is a little annoying, not going to lie, during the football season. Like, not cool. I get, I know, it's well, in Qatar. I know why they is, have to, or Qatar, but anyway. Yeah, well, the other thing is, like, and this is kind of good and kind of bad, like, the times are really weird. Like, it's like 7 a.m., yeah, 9 a.m., and I think, like, 11, which is good because, like, you know, you can get up and watch a game it's and start right you. off. Like, that uh, those of, of us who have to go into the office every day, less good. Right. Less good for those people. <laughs> Us suckers who have to go yeah, to the office. Yeah, those office suckers, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, download the app. We've been having so much fun, and there's so much opportunity to win money. And also, more than anything, like we always say, we're sports fans. We're watching these games anyway. I watch baseball nonstop. I watch every playoff game I can. If you're going to watch these games, why not have a little bit of investment in it? It makes it more fun to watch. And here's the deal. New customers, if you sign up now, you make your first bet risk-free. 
up to $750. Download the app now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at pa.betparks.com and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. Get your risk-free bet of up to $750. You must be 21 in President Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, the other uh, big story. Well, that... super quick. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I have another observation I want to give from practice. Oh, I was going to get to that at the end. I'm going to give, okay. don't worry. Well, practice observations coming up next. First, though, I think the bigger story than the practice observations was the kind of revelation this week that Nick Sirianni last season, quote unquote, midseason, they didn't give us a specific game that it happened, but apparently in game, in the middle of a game, um, decided to hand the play calling duties off to Shane Steichen. Now, this is the story, obviously, we're getting from Nick and from Shane. Like, we don't know if was the front office involved. Did they want him? You know, there's a lot of ways this could go. But ultimately, the main takeaway is uh, we all thought Nick Sirianni was calling the plays. He wasn't for half the right. season. And and Shane Steichen will be calling the plays this year. What was your takeaway from this whole thing? How do you think it went down? And do you think ultimately it is a good thing? Yeah, so I've I've lots of thoughts on this. So I'll try not to to go too too long. But my overarching take on it would be, if you told me a year ago Nick Sirianni was no longer calling the plays, I think we would all agree that's a bad thing. Like flat out, like Nick Sirianni <gasps> came here and was high, right? Like he I, well, wanted I don't to know. call plays. I, you know me, I I didn't want Doug to call, and I was wrong. But I didn't want Doug to call plays when he got here. Like I don't have. I wasn't like you where I was like, I need a play caller as a head coach. I wanted a leader of men as a head coach, always. Right. So, like, that's why I was fine hiring a defensive guy when you weren't. So, for me, like, I get your point. If you just said it that way and put no other context, I would probably infer that it was because he did a horrible job at it, and that's mm -hmm. not a good thing. But I personally, the fact that he's not calling plays, fine for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That I that that is true. And probably again, my opinion of this is coming from the fact that when we talked for six weeks or whatever yep. it was about head coaching candidates, I really thought it was important that the head coach calls plays. Like I just I really did. So that part of it, I think the fact that he wanted to do it initially and is now not doing it. Now his reasoning for it is he thinks it makes him a better coach on Sundays. He kind of without doing it, he kind of diminished the role of the play caller in a way. Like, you know, he's you know, we we put this together throughout the week we script the first 15 we script four minute we script two minute like all those things so he kind of diminished the role of it and look maybe he's right like maybe i overestimated the value of a play caller as a head coach that could absolutely be the case but my opinion is nick sirianni set out to be the the play caller and he's no longer the play caller so on one hand i'm like that's a failure like it is on the other hand you know, maybe it's one of the most selfless things a coach has ever done, right? Like, like Doug, if Doug Peterson was willing to give a play calling, he's probably still the head coach, right? Like, because they they hire a new offensive mind, like they dangle that carrot, they bring in a better offensive mind than they were able to. Like, the play calling matters, like in terms of who you can hire. So, do I think it will impact this season? No, I don't. I don't think like it really is going to impact things much. But I also have to be honest and say. I don't believe in Shane Steichen. I don't like he was fired from San Diego or, you know, Los Angeles, I guess, at the time when, when he was fired. Um, nobody. You can't find almost anybody that followed or covered him when he was there that thinks he did like a good job. Um, so I'm just not really in on Shane Steichen. So that that's a red flag for me. And bottom line is, let's say Shane does do an excellent job. And in, in a year we're sitting here and the Eagles are a top five offense and all these things. He's probably going to get hired away. And like this is why I thought having a play caller as your head coach was important because 
this potentially starts a cycle of having to replace your offensive coordinator. And they they paint that as a good thing, but I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think a lot of turnover in the coaching staff is a good thing. So, you know, you, you can't tell me this is a positive, but if you if you want to, like, talk me off a ledge and say it's not that bad, I guess, but it's it's not it's it's not a po- it's not a good thing to me. It's told me this not, year, not that happen. bad, Elliot. I'll talk right, you ahead, off the why. ledge. Uh, first and foremost, I do think that the point that you made that I that I do acknowledge and and understand and agree with is if Shane Steichen turns out to be a really good play caller, you're going to lose him, and that sucks. And I, I get that. That is what it is. If your head coach is is not your play caller. I get it. And and that part of it, you know, I can't defend it is what it is. I will also say, though, to the point you made before, I'm not a huge Shane Steichen guy either. Yeah, I don't think anyone's hired. No, him. no, yeah. exactly. But you never know if in terms of just as a play caller, you know, he did do it with the Chargers and, you know, it was not well received, but maybe he learned. You know, I'm not I'm not getting indi- I don't know Shane Steichen well enough to, you know, he hasn't impressed me so so far. But like, right. I'm not going to say he's a bad play caller yet. We're going to find out. Now that we know he's calling the plays and we can really judge it and see how it goes. And again, he did a good job last year, better than Nick did, right? Comparatively, um, at least in terms of, of how the team looked. Yeah, kind of. Well, who knows? But in terms right. of like, you know, we think he did. Um, so from that perspective, you know, we'll see what happens. But in terms of the Nick perspective, and again, this is all dependent upon the way he explained it being true. Like if the, if Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie last season went or one of the two or whatever went to Nick, probably Howie and said, Hey, you got to give a play calling. It's a different story, right? That's a different, um, you know, it's a, it makes the whole thing different for me. Cause for me, the way Nick described it as a head coach who said, you know what, as he's doing the job. And again, a first time head coach, someone who is, you know, relatively inexperienced to get that job young for that job, all that kind of stuff. You know, I love that he's not calling plays on a, mm-hmm. in a basic level, in a vacuum. I am super happy that my head coach is going to worry about all the other stuff. Because the point he made is there are so many things happening in a game. I have to worry about timeouts. I have to worry about uh, challenges. I have to worry about potentially talking to Jonathan Gannon about something, talking to Michael Clay about something, going over and getting people psyched up, whatever. Like, awesome. Yes. Do all that stuff. I think that's perfect. Again, like to the point I made, and again, I was wrong in the moment, but that's because Doug turned out at least for one year to be a masterful play caller who you know, none of us saw coming. Yeah. But in a macro sense for a brand new, again, drink, for a yep. brand new head coach who is inexperienced comparatively for that role. And also someone who had never called plays before, you know, with any sort of consistency, like, only worry about the coaching. This is great. Why is this a pr- I understand that the, you lose the offensive coordinator point. That's valid. But other than that, what issue do we have with this? Why wouldn't we want a head coach who has whose ego is not so big that he can step back and say, you know what? I am doing a team a disservice. I am doing my squad a disservice because I want to call plays. This is fun. I love this. This is cool. It's part of the reason I took the job. I always wanted to call plays. But you know what? I'm not doing a good enough job at everything I need to do as head coach because I'm focused on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a man. I'm gonna have mm. like, I'm gonna I'm take forty. I for real though, like I am. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm forty, but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a bigger man. I'm gonna step back and say, you know, ego, take a a step to the side for a minute. What's the best thing for the Philadelphia Eagles? And I think that's what he did. Like, And again, it is a different situation if they told him he had to give it up. That is a whole different thing, and, and we may never know. I'm going to trust Nick in this situation. He seems like the type of guy who would, who would go about this this way and look at things this way. 
And if that's the case, then I think it shows what a what a what an impressive human being Nick Sirianni is. Yeah. And and I respect it. I appreciate that he is stepping back and saying, let's let's all do the best we can with everything we got. And the the smartest thing is for me to focus on these other things and let Shane call the plays. So I agree with a lot of what you said, and I want to be careful when I talk about this because I don't want people to think I'm out on Nick. Like I texted you after. Oh, you are not. I don't worry. Anyone thing in that Elliot Sharp Parks is absolutely not out on Nick Sirianni. Right. Elliot Sharp Parks will tell you get in a room with Nick. And you'll love him as much as I I'm do. I'm telling you, man. I he know. might be the most charismatic person I've ever been around when it comes to the Eagles. Like, no lie. Like, he just is. So when when he explained yesterday and then listening to you, like, I agree with that. But then I'm also like, yeah, it is a fantastic human being move. It is selfless. Like, doesn't make me believe in Shane Steichen anymore. You know, like, at the end <laughs> of the day, they have an offensive coordinator that's now more involved than he was prior, previously that I know I don't believe in. I don't want to speak for you, but you don't seem to be the biggest Shane Steichen guy either. Like, now, I will say our opinion is like not, you know, not we super. Really covered yeah, it for five yeah years, we don't right? have a so, ton of evidence to, to support yes, it. But but our gut is eh, not the biggest Shane Steichen guy. Right. So that that's my concern is just like I agree it's selfless. I agree it might be better for the team. I agree. Like, you know, ultimately, Doug was more accomplished than Nick, but like Doug wouldn't give up play calling. And maybe that was selfish, self, selfish of him in retrospect. Right. Like you can have those discussions. Ultimately, this comes down to the fact that the guy that wanted to call plays is no longer calling plays, and the guy that, however important it is, they can diminish it all they want, the guy that is calling plays, I'm not that thrilled about, right? So as much as I do think this 80% sheds a good light on Nick and like how he handles things and all that stuff, if, if a year from now, like we're a year, year and a half, like Nick's fired or whatever, then I think we're going to look back and go, yeah, this was probably the first moment we were, where we should have realized this was a red flag. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I just I don't think it'll play out that way, but I think that's fair. And, and one thing I will push back on both of us on the Shane Steichen thing is if that we are fans of Nick Sirianni, especially you are a fan of Nick Sirianni. Like, if Nick Sirianni believes in Steichen this much, like, maybe he's better than we think. You know, it is possible, at least. If, w- would you say that for Gannon? Uh, again, I've told you. <laughs> I've said I'm willing to give Gannon a shot this year. Like he has right. players. Like go. Like Gann- I'm. I'm hoping he proves me wrong. I'm not. Again, I want to see what he does with players. So yeah, absolutely, I'm giving Gannon the same. Well, shot. and that's the other thing with Steichen too. Like for whatever we think of Gannon, he was extremely sought after. Sought after after his defensive coordinator. He's gotten head coaching jobs. Shane Steichen, like you know. Didn't seem like he was on the a lot of lists of people. He got no job interviews this year. Like, and the other thing I'll say really quickly is I, I get that they turned it around and credit to him and adjusting and all those things. You know, the play calling itself, there was not a lot of moments last year where we were like, wow, great call at a great moment. It was no, basically it was just like beat just up the guy the in front of Yeah, they just beat up the guy in front of him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? So, so I don't know if I want to say like change. No, did a great I job think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think you could say he did a better job than Nick based on, you know, first half of the season. Versus- Which is also concerning. Yeah, sure. So, I, look, I get it. I get that that I get how this could be looked at as a red flag. I get how it can be seen as concerning. I get all of it. I'm choosing to look at it as Nick being a, a, the bigger man and saying, you know, this is what's best for the team, and I'm appreciating that. But I definitely, I, I'm not diminishing your points. I get your points. And ultimately, Shane Steichen better be a good play caller because, you know, it's going to be a problem. It'll not, be so. also be interesting how much 
you know, this is a discussion for another day, but like how much does play calling really matter? Like maybe I've overestimated it. Maybe it's not as big of a role as I think it is. But that that is part of the question, too. All right. Uh, let's let's round it out with some uh, practice observations. You know, just who stood out to you? What did you see? Yes, I really what? only have one. Oh, well, one works. One's better than none. Yeah. What you got? So James Bradbury has not looked good either days I've been out there. Uh-oh. Now, Uh-oh. He, Again, now, like, to be these fair, it's seven drills, on Yeah, exactly. Know, exactly. Right? Like, Especially for cornerbacks. Like, you're not wearing pads. Yeah, you're not really. All that stuff. He's like, I'm pretty sure he's been the cornerback on maybe three of the four long completions. <laughs> like, Devontae burned him twice. It was either Quez or John Hightower. I can't remember that burned him in the last practice. Like, I don't know. Just, just this, you know, real one last few minutes. If he, like, this is the beginning parts of maybe like, uh, like Patrick Robinson didn't have a good offseason either, and he ended up playing. Great. Yeah, he, the people and, were talking about him getting cut in training yeah, camp. Right, exactly. But I can only I can only report back what my eyes see, and he's been the cornerback that's been getting beat frequently in practice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to freak out about this because of what we just talked about the seven on sevens. Also, he just got here; he's probably not quite as in shape potentially as others. Who knows? You know, I'm not going to freak yeah, out until pads are on with that. But interesting. You know. Quickly, Deion Kane. It seems like he had another good day. Yeah, so I think Deion Kane is interesting. Um, I think he's like six two. He looks tall out there. I don't know what his his, his exact height is, but uh, he's had two really good long catches. He looks out good out there in individuals. Like I don't think I've seen him drop a pass. I mean, he had he could have had another long touchdown. I think in a game it probably would would have been reviewed, and he probably was down before the defender ripped the ball out, but. Yeah, I, I just think he's been impressive. When you talk about the bottom end of the receiving court, too, like A.J., Devontae, Quez, Pascal, like those guys are definitely making the roster. So then it's just a matter of do they keep five or six. I don't think Reger's a lock. I just don't. Like the way I hear them talk, it just never sounds like they never bring him up, like unless it's pro- it's prompted, right? Like they don't talk about him as if like, well, you know, we have Jalen. Like it's always like Quez, A.J., Devontae, Dallas, Miles. Like they don't even bring Jalen Reger up. So – you know, if Jalen's not going to play special teams and I don't think he's going to end up being the punt returner, then I think Deion Kane is a shot to potentially make this roster. Now, what will hurt him is he probably makes it through waivers. So they'll probably be able to stash him on the practice squad. But I think in my two days of seeing him, like, he's looked like someone that come training camp time, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out. because I think This year's Deontay Burnett this year? Yes. I still can't believe he didn't make it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Unbelievable training camp numbers. Um, all right, you got anything else on the birds? Yeah, it's pretty clear Nick Sirianni knows my training camp stats. He referenced in the press conference yesterday. He goes, <laughs> what? He, he goes something like, he goes like, I don't know what you guys had him at today. Like ten, He goes like, you know, 10 to 12 or 12 to 12 or whatever. And I felt like being like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no you guys here. There's me. <laughs> the numbers you are hearing on WIP or whatever, I'm sure he's got like a burner Twitter. It's me. These are my numbers. I'm the one. So he, uh, he, he referenced them. He said that in a day we weren't there that – uh, Jalen was 11 for 12. I almost wanted to raise my hand and go, just so you know, those are don't go down as official stats. Cause I <laughs> not didn't see canon. That, but yes. Yeah, exactly. But training camp stats are important. That's all I'm saying. Practice. I, th- so there, there is nothing that I enjoy more going right now. Not even, not just your love of, of keeping the, the training camp stats, but your, you know, territorial yes. nature with it. I love that. You're like, no, 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 no. No, I no, keep no, no. the stats, all right? Yeah. I'm the stat guy here. Big fan. Also, it's so funny how mad it makes Howard Eskin. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's a beautiful thing. Anytime you can rile Howard up, it's a good thing. Always a good time. All right, you got any final thoughts? 
No more final thoughts. <laughs> Good. I like that. We're done. Uh, Saturday show. Elliot, do you know who you're with on Saturday yet? I do not. I'll be good. All right. Won't be you, though. <laughs> Sadly. I will be at the Phillies yeah. game. It's a bummer. I will miss you. But Elliot will be there Saturday. We will have a show on Saturday, um, I believe, at Parks. Um, and uh, and we'll be back. All kinds of stuff. If, if this is, we're going to figure this out the next month, Elliot. This is when we, this is when we, uh, we uh, make our paycheck, as they say. If yeah, we had a we'll have good stuff. Mostly probably talking about ourselves. But also, like, keep in mind, guys, once the season starts, you're probably getting four or five of these a week. Oh, so. buddy, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. And uh, one month till the wedding. This is exciting I know, see, stuff. I got, I got some marrying to do. I like this. So. We'll get into that. As uh, that, Maybe we'll just spend the whole month talking about your wedding. Maybe we'll do a awesome. live pod at the end of the wedding. Oh, know? buddy. What a mm, crazy, crazy idea. All right. Uh, yeah. We'll be back later in the week. I'm James, we'll talk to you soon.